Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Charlene Bala-Lucas, and my co-host, Mugambi Nthiga. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and to bring you the fifth season of this podcast, focusing on your mental health and well-being. Our lineup of guests will inspire you, inform you, entertain you, motivate you, make you smile, make you cry, and will always give you food for thought. So do stay with us for the next hour as we talk about mental health and mindfulness, play some music, and meditate together. But first, let's start with a roundup of what's been happening in our lives. Mogambi, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I want to complain. Can't complain. That's good. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Because we always have a lot to complain about. Yes. So, good. I do want to talk about something that we were talking off uh, air about. There was an article in The Nation a few weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. I've been carrying it around in my handbag, and I thought, we've got to talk about this. Because it said, statistics show that about 40% of university students are suffering from mental health challenges. Mm. That's a scary... That's four in... Ten people. One in five. Two in five. Two in five. That's more than the statistic of one in four suffer from a mental health. That's normally. So two in five people are suffering. And these, this is our young youth here in Kenya. And for me, mental health issues often come from a place of hopelessness, not seeing a future. What do you think? How do you feel when you hear this? I mean, we're now the Muslims. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'll say this, I remember what my experience of being in university was like and the pressure that came with it. Mm-hmm. You're making some of the most consequential decisions of your life at that point. But I had, but then there was no social media. Yes. The most we had was email. Yes. And email was still something of a novelty and I had email thre- threads with friends and that's how we stayed in touch. Oh my gosh, that feels like a million. <laughs> it, it's like going, it's going the way of cassettes and VHS and... <laughs> CDs. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm sure you you had email threads as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sent yeah. forwards and. Yes. Now we, we just don't on, even. Only just starting to get cell phones and yeah. we, we had threads on SMS as well. And SMS. I cannot imagine. Yes, SMS. You know what that was? <laughs> <laughs> and no, I can't imagine what it's like with the hyper connectivity now and everyone showing the highlight reel of their lives on social media now. And everyone's simply, I mean, there's this magic oil everywhere as to what the perfect life can be. Mm. And everyone has to sit to themselves and realize that my life doesn't match up to what the standard is. Yes. I can't imagine what that's like. Mm. Can't imagine. And then you have an education on top of that and the way the world is right now to worry about it's the a job lot. market. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I actually go off social media once a, once a year. Uh, and I'm going to do it this August, like oh, nice. completely like off. Month? Yeah, so I'm thinking actually maybe August and September, mm. just really not look at any social media and then come back in October because in October, we're going to have something exciting that we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I'll come back on social media in October. But I feel that we're almost living our lives. And I want to talk about this young guy called Brian Osano who was in this article. He's a, he's a mental health advocate. He mm. runs a blog creating awareness Um, and he says in this he says mental health should be a matter of national concern I believe more than 70% of the population needs to go to therapy because we face many challenges absolutely I love the fact that a young guy 20 year old is talking about therapy in a country where it's so stigmatized yeah yeah. it's amazing if anybody knows Brian please ask him to contact us we'd love to have him on the show yes and I'll look for him as well please yeah, yeah. Mugambi does Mugambi's like our research guy here 
<laughs> I'm passing you the article because it's worth watching, uh, uh, reading. Okay, look, I think um, today w- let's introduce our guest because uh, it's very interesting what she's done with her life. Yeah, I can't wait for this conversation. Fabulous. So she's a certified organic farmer with more than 10 years experience. She decided to grow safe food in her kitchen garden for her young family when she learned how unsafe chemical inputs were to their health. Soon her garden had more than enough for her family and her business. Sylvia's Basket was born in 2016. In November 2019, she opened her organic farm shop in Nairobi to make organic food accessible and affordable, as well as provide small-scale farmers with a reliable market for their produce. She's a graduate of iFoam Organic Leadership course, and she holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in community development and psychology minor. She describes herself as happy, hardworking, and resilient. Sylvia Miloyo Kuria, welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. Thank you very much, Shalini. Thanks, Mugambi. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Welcome, welcome. <clears throat> I'm so excited to meet you because uh, my partner, Amar, and I are going through this kind of health kick thing where it's not just change in diet for like two weeks, three weeks, we want a lifestyle change. Yeah. And we go in and, well, I don't, I never shop, but we, <laughs> people go into the supermarket and just pick up vegetables, not thinking yeah. what's on them, how they look perfect, right? Because of all the pesticides. Where did you, how did this come about? When, when did you start learning about all these pesticides and chemicals and stuff? Yeah, so um, thanks for that. So basically for me, it's really started, you know, when my first baby was born and I started have, you know, like thinking, you know, like what food is she going to eat? How will I prepare her, her meals for her? And I started now, uh, you know, like asking where is the food coming from? Is it safe for my small baby? So by the time she was six months old, you know, that's when we weaned them mm-hmm. and they started eating foods. And, um, you know, I just went out to research and I realized, oh, my word, I have no idea what is happening. And it was also at the same time when we moved out uh, from the city to Limuru. You know, like living in the city, you're normally so, you know, like you have no idea what's happening. Mm. But when we lived in Limuru and I started my own garden, and by then you can imagine I'm a 100% city girl, you know, starting to farm. And everyone was like, you wouldn't do it. But I did it and I didn't know what to do. And when I started off, I remember finding some pests, like some doodos, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like some insects on the leaf of the, you know, like the kale or skomawiki, whatever we're growing. And I was told, all you have to do is just take this particular leaf to, uh, you know, the local seed shop, the agrovet, mm. and they let you know what to do with it. So I went with the leaf and uh, what happened was that they gave me a chemical. Mm. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> you know, it was so shocking for me because I'm like, am I supposed to spray this on my food and then now ingest that same food? Mm. And they said, yeah, this is for the insects. So I went out to read and I was reading, you know, you know, the ingredients of, you know, all these chemicals that are normally sprayed on food. And I was like, there must be a better way. Mm. And that's how I got to organic farming. Did you, did you find there were any adverse effects like cross like when you crossed the chemicals that you were looking at that yeah. you had been recommended by the agro agrovet exactly that I there mean, was harm yeah. to humans from of, those chemicals yes and even you know like um you know we've been working with different organizations and one of them is the root to food foundation and we actually did a pesticide report that actually shows that about 40 percent of pesticides that are being used on our foods in kenya are actually banned in the eu 
Okay, this this uh, horrifies me because when I was in England, I remember we would get like food that has traveled a long way. Yeah. And sometimes like I would buy apples and the apple would sit on the table and like two months later, there's still one apple there and it mm. still looks perfect outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what are they putting on this stuff? When I came to Kenya, I was like quite naive thinking, oh, it's all going to be really organic <laughs> and our farmers don't use pesticides. But here you're telling me it's not just pesticides, but it's banned pesticides. Exactly. That's frightening. It is. It is. And, you know, I just find that this information is not really out there. And, you know, a part of it, I don't really want to blame the consumers. But in a way, we're actually to blame because we want to have good, perfect looking vegetables all the time. Exactly. Mm. Like even we don't know about season. So you find like in the heat of January, someone calls and they're like, do you have broccoli? And I'm like, no. They're like, Mm. if you don't have broccoli, then I won't shop for anything else. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't we eat what is seasonal? Why don't you eat what's available? Why don't we eat, as you're saying, food that has and traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles to get to your plate like uh, you uh, you know like one thing i always ask people like before you eat do you ever ask where's my food from yes where did this tomato come from the onion how was it grown how long did the grape or apple get to my plate and you know we normally don't ask such questions and because of that we are quite ignorant of what we are eating Hmm. and we have no idea what's happening within the food system Wow, you're speaking my language because I feel like education is a big part of it. And again, having been in England, we used to get strawberries in January. I mean, how is that possible unless they've traveled? But also in Kenya, we need to understand the seasonality around food. I don't think we do. I think we think that we are going to get broccoli year round or we are going to get avocados year round. Exactly. But that's just not possible. It's not possible. And you see... um, you know, the thing about it is, I think, uh, um, like in the food chain, you just find that, you know, want to please the consumers no matter what. Mm-hmm. And you find that people have to bend backwards over and farmers have to do all sorts of things to make sure that, you know, they please the consumers. Mm. And let me tell you something else that's a bit shocking and a bit sad because I also train farmers quite a bit on how to, uh, you know, like grow or be able to move into more sustainable farming practices. And you'll find like farmers always have two plots. So they have one plot for the market. Hey, hey. Yeah, they have one plot for the market that is super spread and the vegetables are looking perfect and they have the kitchen garden where they actually just grow their own food. And you'll find even their children are not allowed to go to the plot of the market. This is the equivalent of the tech the tech people in Silicon Valley who will not allow their children to be on social media. Or use phones. They, exactly. Or use their smartphones because they know what's happening on the back end. Yeah. They know the damage that's happening there. So you're saying that these farmers that will have two plots yes. and not touch one for themselves. Exactly. Leave that to market. Yeah. And Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they want to please you guys. So as you're going out and buying the perfectly looking vegetables, just know that the farmer did not even eat them. Okay, on that note, I feel like we need to listen to a song (laughs) and then come back because I'm like a little bit. (laughs) Okay, so your first song is Midnight Train by Salty Soul. Why have you chosen that song? So actually the three songs, uh, four songs that are going to be played. Okay, the first three songs will be played here are for my kids. Okay. My kids, my kids favorite song. So uh, I I have three children and yeah, they have a really good taste in music. So I hope you guys enjoy. So the first, the first song's chosen by whom and how old? Uh, That's McKenna, my firstborn 14 years old. She loves Salty Soul. I love Salty Soul too. So McKenna, this one's for you. Midnight Train by Salty Soul.
safari tunapita kama moshi na kabla tuzame mchangani kuna kushinda na kufeli oh inabidi ujijue tofauti ya mwalimu na mwanafunzi ni ujuzi na ujuaji oh Sauti So and we are back on mindfulness music and more with our guest Sylvia Miloya Kuria who is shocking us Absolutely so Sylvia I have a question for you then mm-hmm, Go ahead Um you have spoken about the fact that part of the food system now as it exists exists because we are trying so hard to please the consumer uh with perfectly looking vegetables that are available all year round mm. as consumers because i can only speak as a consumer mm. how is it then i can be more aware more mindful about how i shop for my vegetables yeah that's one and two mm-hmm. how did we get here how did we get to this point that uh, your your vegetables had to look perfect because i'm going back to when i grew up mm. our carrots and potatoes and yeah. onions didn't look that perfect they looked weird yeah they did and, and tasted great <laughs> <laughs> and now they, they looked, looked weird per- and tasted great no, you're right no and now they yeah. look perfect and they don't always they don't taste, taste that great yes. yeah 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 yep. so how, how how do you get here and how can we be more mindful yeah 
I think, um, you know, we have to take personal responsibility to ask questions, you know. I find that we are in a generation whereby, you know, we don't reflect, we don't think about much, you know. We're just moving through, like, I don't know, uh, like trains. I don't know how to explain it, but we're just moving through life without sitting down and reflecting and thinking, you know. Mm. And I just find, uh, you know, like we had a discussion yesterday, you know, where someone was asking us about, you know, um, something we had to think about. And I was like, you know, we have to think, uh, uh, like we have to get the art of thinking in the first place. Mm. You know, that I find that thinking is something we have to learn. And reflecting. I don't know if I'm going off tangent. No, 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 no. I love it. That's, that's I love it. what this show is about. I think we don't think... I, I think we feel we don't have time to think. Exactly. We're like going from one thing to the other and I'm going into the shop and I just want to pick everything up and I, would, I don't want to think about where it's all coming exactly. from. Exactly. Mm. And I think we've lost the art of thinking. Yeah. Mm. And that's the problem. Yes. So, I, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, education is key. Um, I... <laughs> I'm really excited to say that we finally, finally, Mugambi, we've moved into the cabin in the new camp. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, this weekend just passed. And one of the things we're going to do is f- uh, grow our own food and Good. vegetables. Good. Will you come and train my guys? Please call me. I'm available. <laughs> fabulous. Fabulous. We'll get you up there. And it'll be really interesting to see because we were growing vegetables in our garden here in Nairobi and I went to one of the shops here and I said I've got doodoos on the Sukuma Wiki yeah. and he gave us a spray exactly I, I, mm. I don't want to do that anymore yeah but how do you stop insects do you stop insects eating yes do we do? do like what we do you know it's a long process um so what we do is that we normally uh, uh like create a natural balance okay so for example if you want to get rid of the uh the bugs on your Sukuma Wiki plant flowers Mm. I know it sounds crazy, but when you plant flowers, you're going to attract lots of pollinators. Mm. Bees. We exactly. had we had Jason Bruno talk about bees. Yeah. yeah. So Amazing. apart from the bees, you actually attract wasps. You attract butterflies. So there are particular wasps that really love eating the you know the doodos on the skuma wiki. Mm. You know that happened to me. You know it's just so interesting that you know I wanted to have a beautiful garden. Like if you ever visit our farm, mm. we, we will. Have we will. Those. Mugambi day trip. Yes. Uh, I'm, sure. I'm <laughs> saying day trip. Limuru is not far. Yeah. I mean, like it's just it's so close. So we basically planted flowers to make the place beautiful but also create a natural balance so what we do is that um, you know like the flowers are going to attract the wasps that eat them you know the doodos and then we also uh, like do different things like companion planting we also do crop rotation okay I mean, hang on hang on hang on companion <laughs> what what does that companion mean? planting is basically um, you know planting two crops that actually uh, work together like in a symbiotic relationship in a way let me give an example like I always plant my onions with carrots because what happens is that um, uh, the onions repel carrot fly, you know, that mm. affects the carrots, and the carrots uh, repel the thrips that affect the onions. Mm. So when you plant things together like that, you just create a natural balance. Think about it. Um, if you've ever gone to a forest, you know, the forest doesn't need weeding. Mm. It doesn't need anyone to do mulching, to do any intervention. But the forest actually just works on its own. Mm. It's an ecosystem that exactly. works. Yeah. Exactly. It just works on its own without any intervention in any way. So the idea about being able to grow food sustainably is actually let food grow in a, in a way that you don't have to put in too much. Um, like you don't have to put in inputs. But when um, you think about um, farming commercially, because now people will be like, you know, can organic feed the world? And my question is, has conventional f- 
fed the world. No, it absolutely not. You know, like you know, like the Green Revolution. You know, uh, that said that we should plant maize on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres, mm. and made us think that maize is the SI unit for food security. Right, right. It's not. Mm. You know, and what happened is, you know, like we forgot about taking sorghum, we forgot about millet, we forgot about cassava, we forgot about, you know, like arrowroots and yams and all that food, you know, is never on our plates. So, you know, <sighs> if we're able to just go back and eat our own natural food that is resilient, mm. yeah. I always say our indigenous food is resilient. Yeah. And yeah. tasty and, and good tasty. for you. And, and does very well. Yeah. 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 You know, without much of any intervention. Okay. And I mean... Yeah. I, I don't know if you've heard this show before, but we always manage to put Mugambi on the spot. Oh, wow. So okay. <laughs> uh, are we doing that today? Just yeah. Ah, me, I'm ready. I, yeah, today, I'm you? ready. I'm curious. Are you health conscious with your food and stuff? I absolutely am. Uh-huh. I shop every week from Sylvia's Basket. She doesn't know because I sent someone. <laughs> but every week. There you go. Did you know that? I somehow knew it because he's been my client for the past for like four years. Boom. <laughs> so By the way... So so I, feel like, I feel like I feel like the tables are going to turn on me. <laughs> so, Shalini, Shalini, I have a question. Um, are you aware where you shop for your, for your food from? Yes, but I don't do the shopping. Okay. And so, is it organic? Is it? No. Ah. But, but to be fair, we've been talking about, you know, you saw the house in Nairobi that we used to live in and we were trying to do a shamba there and it was an issue. I remember and now this. we've moved and we're in Nanuki. We have acreage. And in fact, we're putting like one and a half acres just to veg. Is that a lot? That's a lot. Okay, so maybe not that much. No, that's fine. You but can be my supplier, not to worry. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not make some money? Oh. Yeah. And Nanyuki is really good because it's actually growing. I have my friends who live there and the organic community is growing quite big. Oh, okay, so the, the thing is, it needs to feed me, my partner and our staff and their families. So once that's, and the, it's not a huge families. Mm. Once that's done, then we can, yeah. Oh, I'll become send a the farmer. Balance. Yeah, send the balance to Sylvia's basket. You know how I like doing stuff? Yes. So I, now I'm going to be a farmer. Okay. <laughs> Small holding. Okay, I, I'm laughing at myself because I was very much a, a country girl, but I'm not one to get my hands dirty. I find <laughs> it really interesting that you, Sylvia, were a city girl. Yeah. And you talk about crops and food and vegetables mm-hmm. like you were born to it. What do your family and friends think? Um... You know, they're in disbelief. <laughs> Even now, all these know, years yeah. later. Yeah, till now, they're like, we can't believe that this is how you ended up, you know. Mm. But I've been so passionate about it because I think for me, you know, what, uh, you know, was the turning point was that, you know, it was so amazing that I was able to feed my family such good food. And I was like, I want mothers just like me to be able to access this food. I'm going to open a shop. And everyone was like, there's no way you're going to open a shop. You won't do it. It's going to be expensive. You won't manage it. You know? Where's your shop? Uh, we're in Lavington now. Okay. So we are on Gitanga Road. Is it doing well? Are people open to organic? Because I would imagine organic is more expensive than buying from a supermarket that is just mass. Exactly. So basically, um, we're doing okay. Let me say we could do better. Mm. And I think um, the thing about it is uh, we are struggling to actually get the information out. Okay. Mm. You know, like I'm not able to be on my own, you know, doing the farming, doing the logistics and doing consumer education for all the Kenyans. So I'm really happy to be here to actually share my story. <laughs> yeah. No, that's because more people don't, you know, many people don't know what's happening. Many people don't think through, mm. you know, their food choices. But I think once you're able to catch the consumers, you know, it will be wonderful. And the issue of cost, let me just mention that real quick. 
we are really trying our very best to actually make it as affordable as possible. Mm. Like if you pass by our shop, you'll actually find our prices are not that high. Mm. And True. I made it a choice and everyone was like, you know, you can't manage, you know, you have to make organic a niche product. And I said, is safe food a niche product? Mm. Are you trying to say that only rich people should be able to access good mm. food yeah, for the, you know, this safe crazy. food is for everybody. Mm. Absolutely. It's for everyone. And then, you know, because we are actually stocking a lot of local indigenous foods, mm. which actually means that, you know, it's food that's grown seasonally that means it's available mm. that's why it's affordable yeah mm. you know because it's following just those laws and yeah no. i th- i think sorry i think uh, just quickly i want to mention price and organic because in england organic is seen as a niche thing and yeah. people mm. will put a premium markup on it just to say this is organic exactly. and i think you're absolutely right i think that's actually unethical yeah. because you are saying it's an elitist food yeah whereas actually organic good nutritious food should be available for oh, everybody yeah. this yeah. world is upside down yo. right it really is um the fact that we look at food I, if you think about it there's so much that has been politicized yeah um and i can't imagine that this thing that sustains us and keeps us alive we're talking about food and water has actually been polit- politicized to the extent that the best of it is now considered for a higher tier while the rest of it that's not really good for people mm. can then be spread out to the masses. Exactly. And then you brought up a really important point about our indigenous food and how that has slowly been wiped out. Yeah. Now I'll talk about when I was in school, in primary school, it was considered shell. You know, yeah. if you carried if you carried bread for break or a little sandwich with some ham, you yeah. know, you were the, exactly. the cool kid. But if you carried some arrowroot, some you know, some doma, some kwashe, some I don't know, wimby porridge, yeah. then it was like, whoa, yeah. look what you as in that was not cool with. that was not cool we went to the same primary school so i'm sure you understand what Consolata. i'm talking about yeah <laughs> um, i don't remember that i just remember saying to my mom don't pack indian food i, I want sandwiches for the exact same reason so yeah but it was, like the we, it was not food. cool to eat like yeah. indian food and, and yet and that's so nutritious say, we used to say that y'all smelled of garlic yeah. And, yeah. And, and it was always weird being next to you because you'd say something to us and be like why do you smell that way so there was this <laughs> It started. It started from our. Have I lied? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But it started from the childhood where we were looking down on these indigenous healthy foods and going for this Western-centric food that wasn't anywhere as good for us. Had empty calories and was really not that wholesome. What, What? What? How? How did this happen? You know, I think the thing about it, um, you know, of course, again, social media has played a very big role, you know, in being able to, you know, like, um you know, like make us think in a different way. I don't know how to put it, but, mm-hmm. you know, just the big advertising and all those things that have made us look like it's superior, you know, like what we have is inferior in Africa. But, you know, it's a whole new narrative about, you know, it's a big narrative about the African continent that what we have is not, a, you know, superior. Yeah. And it's what's marketing. coming from it's out, marketing. you know, and it just doesn't make sense. Like my kids carry, you know, sweet potatoes, mm. even pumpkin for break, you know, I just take a pumpkin iced tea meat and have it for break and they're good with it do yeah. the kids nowadays do is that do they get any kind of backlash you know my i'm lucky because my kids uh where they go to school they also have a lot of indian kids by the way yeah <laughs> and you know and when they see their friends carrying dal and all those things you know they're fine with it and they're mm. like oh it's quite nice so i'm lucky where they go to school they're actually not really struggling but the kids get a lot of backlash even from the teacher sometimes. Like once I packed my kids boiled cassava and my daughter came back home and asked, you know, my teacher asked me whether we didn't have any food at home. Wow. That's why she has boiled cassava for break. So that's even teachers uh, 
kind yeah, of their education like, misconceptions. Yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, oddly enough, I can see it from both points of view, but we'll continue. Yeah. Yes, let's go to uh, the next song choice. Which child chose this? Waiting for Love by Avicii. Oh, that's my little boy, Max. Okay, how oh. old is he? <laughs> He's 11. Okay, Max, <laughs> this one's for you. Well, there's a will, there's a way, kind of beautiful. And every night has a state so magical. And if there's love in this life, there's no obstacle that can't be defeated. For every tyrant to tear for the vulnerable. It's Friday, I'm burning like a fire gone wild on Saturday. Guess I won't be coming to church on Sunday. I'll be waiting for love, waiting for love to come Thank you. 
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More. That was Waiting for Love by Avicii. And uh, your son loves Avicii. God he rest his soul. He really, he really, he really loves Avicii. I mean, uh, Avicii's music touched the world and he wasn't there for that long. He died uh, by suicide. And um, the fact that we're playing. Do you remember? I can't remember how old he was. I think he was in his 20s. I think he was in his 20s, his late 20s. Yeah, when he. And and he was on top. Like, he was at the prime of his. Um, of 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 his career, there's a there's a documentary. I can't remember what it's called, but if you just Google Da Vici documentary, it might be available um, on YouTube. On like yeah, for everyone. Okay. Uh, it doesn't go up until the point that he lost his life. Okay. But it does give a snapshot of just how difficult in the midst of his. Cre- he was a creative savant. He would go into studio and just make magic, mm. and did not like touring. Because of all of the stuff that came, he loved to be on stage and play music. But everything around the tours and the, it just used to eat him up. I, oh, well. I highly recommend it. Well, thank you, Max, for choosing that song because it you brought got, another. Got great dimension. taste, Max. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Um, Sylvia, you are an advocate for farming, not just in organic farming, not just in Kenya, but you've done things in across Africa. Ethiopia, Ghana, Rwanda, Uganda, Tanzania, and India as well. How yeah. come India? I mean, that's very India. <laughs> we actually lived in India. We lived in Delhi. Oh, for some time. When? Um, in twenty twelve thirteen. Okay, yeah. tough city to live in, I would imagine. It's tough but lovely. Yeah. Because mm. um, you know, like for me, I actually was told I was going to become vegetarian for one year, and I thought I wouldn't make it, and I did, mm. and I came back knowing how to cook the best like vegetarian meals are you oh. vegetarian now no i'm not okay <laughs> can i just say something yeah. um, this is a complete aside but the first green smoothie i had in my life i had at her house oh, oh. Yes. and she you remember, I remember my now. reaction i was like well i was coming out of the cave i was, yeah, I was yeah. my eyes were opening and i didn't know anything about food i didn't I, mean, I was much younger i didn't really care and put anything in my mouth and i was like this smoothie smells like skuma wiki bro <laughs> and i <laughs> was so dramatic in my consumption of it i i remember was uh, it good or not good friend, at that time it it was strange mm. but i remember uh, Sylvia, my friend um she, she was living with my best friend and his wife who technically my best friends they were living in the same home and so they had already gone through the orientation <laughs> and, and they were enjoying me just losing my mind at the taste of this thing and I, I, rem- I mean i, I have remember drank, them saying, i have drunk smoothies that smell and taste of compost but that's <laughs> <laughs> no, i this, really have this yeah the whole smoothie thing I, I, again the chains the franchise mm-hmm. chain selling smoothies weren't around or weren't mm. as big as they were back then mm-hmm. and they said relax relax just breathe and taste it <laughs> and this is what's in there there's kumawiki there's carrot i think there's beetroot and I can't remember what else was in there. That sounds delicious. It and by the bottom of the glass, I was actually feeling really nice. Mm. Yeah. And that was my start in consuming green smoothies. Do you cook? I do. Yes, I do. I do. I have someone doing it for me now. Yeah. And and they're the ones that go shop. And I insisted, please go to this shop. Sylvia's uh, basket. Sylvia's basket. He was thinking from the point of view, but you know, there we can't find this and this and this. Mm. And I was like. We'll make do with what we have there because Perfect. it's the organic food. I think that's want. the thing, right? And I, I I, feel like we need to change how we do things at home. So Mark, our cook, chef, is amazing. And he can follow a recipe to the tea and it's beautiful, whether it's Indian or Italian or whatever. But we start with the menu and then he goes and gets... What we really need to do is start with the vegetables exactly. we have exactly. and create the menu around go that. Go backwards. Yeah. 
And I find that's why sometimes you don't get a lot of people buying from us because, um, as we said earlier, people haven't trapped their minds about uh, seasonal. Mm. But you know, for me also, I remember once my hubby just walked in, he was like, you're not going to the market again. We're only going to eat what's in the garden. Mm. Only going to eat what's in the garden. <sighs> and that's when I discovered leeks. That's when I discovered garlic chives. Because that's, that's oh, the only onion I had right then. You right. Know, yeah, like that time... Um, you know, and I just started growing so many different kinds of onions, so many, you know, so many recipes just came to my mind. So for me, I only eat what's at uh, the shop mm-hmm. because we also get uh, produce from smallholder farmers. Okay. So it's not just from your your garden. No, you no, get... no, no, no. So, so Sylvia, I, I looked at your website and it looked great. You deliver? Yes, we do. Okay. And you also have recipes on your website? Yes. Okay. How many, personally for you yourself, how many things do you grow in the garden? Do you know? So um, when I started off, uh, and still now we still have our kitchen garden, which normally has about 20 different kinds of vegetables. Wow. Which is what we consume. Yes, that's what we consume at home. I just try to make sure to grow almost everything that I eat. But that is seasonally, remember, because we have different seasons. Yes. Like like just depending on the season, I normally grow what's in season at that time. And my family will only eat what's in season Mm. or what's available. But then now... um, in terms of large scale, we are growing about seven to eight different kinds of vegetables on my farm. But we also work with smallholder farmers from all over Kenya and help them to access markets uh, mm. like through our shop. Mm. How, how big is your small holding? Um, how much, what, you know, where you're growing? How much acreage are you growing We are on? growing on about 10 acres. That's big. Yeah. But that's small in, in farming world. Exactly. It? Okay. Mm. It's still small. That's, yeah, wow, that's quite a, quite a feat, I would say. So it's amazing. When we talk about the food that you're consuming, are you able to draw the parallel between the lifestyle choices that you've made and the benefits that you've enjoyed from those versus what it was like before? Yeah. Yeah. What's that like? The simple. Common cold hardly ever gets to my home. Really? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, my kids are hardly sick. Like, mm. I cannot even remember the last time my children were sick. And when they get a cold, it's so minor and we're able to just deal with it with food. You know, like in terms of the health, I cannot even describe to you. Like I had issues with my skin and that's all gone. Food is your medicine, basically. Exactly. And medicine, yeah. You have, you, medicine Let's, should be food. Yeah, yeah food should food. be yeah. medicine. Yeah. There's yeah. a quote, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I thought I read it somewhere. But also, I think what we're not realizing, and, and this is why I'm so excited about moving to Nanyuki, is we live in a city which is full of pollution. Yeah. There's a lot of toxicity around here in terms of chemicals and stuff. Yeah. So then we think, we sit down to a meal and we think, okay, this is good nutritious food. Yeah. But what we're not seeing is the hidden chemicals in them. Exactly. And it's it, that toxicity builds in your body. Mm-hmm. And I am convinced that a lot of the cancers, heart disease, diabetes, 100%. all affected by what we're eating. Exactly. Mm. Lifestyle diseases is like the leading cause, you know, of you know like death now mm-hmm. like like through heart failure heart saying, failure yeah, like yeah heart failure is actually number one you know um and now the cancers and all they're talking about mm-hmm. and you know something else is that i normally find parents you know they are willing to buy their kids like very expensive snacks in the supermarket that are mm. you know full of sugar mm. but won't dry uh, uh like buy them like dried pineapple that we mm. have at the shop you yes know? yeah mm. it's insane mm. it doesn't make sense like you just don't think about it and you know but also mm. the other thing that we seem to be losing is that sense of taste yeah. so we just exactly. we'll eat a carrot 
that's from the supermarket that's been mm-hmm. sitting there for weeks has gone through transport has etc mm-hmm. lost its flavor exactly but when you eat a carrot from the garden they are worlds apart so true um. and we've lost our sense of taste as you say yeah. why because the kids have been on sugar from the very beginning mm-hmm. yeah. so you know if your kids are used to taking processed sugar or even as adults i mean we've been taking processed sugar for so long mm. and you're too you know like if you cook like um like even spinach or whatever you can't even taste the flavor Oh, you won't even know that it's sweet. You can't even eat a pumpkin and be like, "This pumpkin is so sweet." Mm, because they've lost. Also, they've the other things killing your taste buds, guys, is alcohol and smoking. True. Smoking is a big, big. I know Amar has lost some of his taste buds that he'll never get back. Mm. My partner, this is, mm. and he sometimes the taste is very different. Mm. He just can't taste something. True. And I think that's sad. You don't smoke, do you, Mugambi? Uh, no, I don't. Mm, okay, we put you on the spot. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Because that's definitely a, a taste killer. Yeah. Um. Do you know there's uh, within the fast food industry there's a thing called I, I'm trying to look for the term now, but I, I'm I'm kind of loosely translating it to hyper flavoring. Yes. Um. They have and, to and really add flavor to the food. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they use the basic constituents that that light up the dopamine centers in your brain. So salt, salt sugar, sugar mm. grease. Oh yes. Yeah, salt, sugar, grease, acid. Now you add the heat onto that. Um yes, some of the finest foods that we eat still go back to those basic constituents, but you can just like with any um industry mm-hmm. that wants to make a cheap commodity that will be consumed by a lot of people, you can take something that our brain has evolved to appreciate mm-hmm. and take it down to its basic constituents so you commodify something. And fast food basically is to light up your brain centers that react to the hyper yes. flavoring that they put in their food. Oh wow. You can yeah. you can get addicted to McDonald's like oh, literally. Oh, you absolutely can. So, yeah. I read an article recently where McDonald's will reject any they have one type of potato they want around the world mm. and they want it to look a certain way and even if it's got one little thing that's not right on it, one blemish, they'll they'll not accept it. So, I'm just thinking how what are you putting on those potatoes to make them look like that? perfect mm-hmm. and that's and that's a huge huge uh, company in the world we don't have them in kenya yet may long that last you know last. when we come back after the break mm-hmm. i'd really like to talk about uh, uh, and the word is hyper palatable hyper palatable yeah, okay not heard that before cool. yeah it is hyper palatability is actually i think that people are calling out the fast food industry for absolutely doing. and um, it's true because let me just say something mugambi sure. i was even asking my kids you know like when you go and buy a bag of chips or whatever you're eating do you feel like you have to keep going back for mm-hmm. it over and over again mm-hmm. but if you put a plate full of uh, you know like a fruit or like arrow roots or sweet potatoes you know at some point you're like you know i've had enough yes. i won't take this but yes. you don't keep going back yes. and it's because of the additives that's oh, very interesting it's it's addictive yeah. literally yeah. wow okay look let's go to your next song choice uh, before we do let's have a quick look at your quote it's really interesting it's once in your life you need a doctor a lawyer a policeman and a preacher but every day three times a day you need a farmer yeah wow very cool by brenda shope yeah Okay, loosely translated, you yes, said. Yes, exactly. I don't even think we need to discuss it. It says it all. Exactly. Once in your life, you need a doctor, a lawyer, a policeman, and a preacher. But every day, three times a day, you need a farmer. Let's ha- have a listen to the next song choice. Who is it by? It's uh, uh, Who's chosen it? Which of your children? Uh, that's my middle child, Njorua. She's 12 years old and she loves singing. And she discovered this song in school. I think they were singing for some function and she loved it. It's If You Believe by Patch Crow. 
This one's for you, Jora. If you believe you can move the highest mountains, cross the greatest oceans, and walk across the water, the world. You feel defeated, falling on your knees, and looking up for some hope tonight. You try to stand up, but you throw your hands up, like you no longer have the strength to fight. 'Cause you've seen too many sunsets, too many days ending in the darkest night. But on your own, you'll never know. You'll never know. If you believe, you can move the highest mountains, cross the greatest oceans, walk across the water, the water. Believe you can move the highest mountains, cross the greatest oceans, walk across the water. If you believe, they say that all you need. But it's almost like you lost your way. Took a few wrong turns, took a few breaks, falling behind now, looking for grace. 'Cause you need someone to lift you up, yeah, make right all the things you've done. 'Cause on your own, you'll never know, you'll never know. Mindfulness music and more with me, Shalini Bala Lucas, and my co-host Mugambi Nthiga. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, usually you come and say your name, but I thought to say it. <laughs> and we have the wonderful Sylvia from Sylvia's Basket talking and educating us about food, something that we all need in our lives, and sometimes we just don't pay enough attention to. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to be talking to Sylvia and Mugambi. You had some. You were going to talk about. KFC? Yes. So I don't know if you remember. I think this happened last year or the year before that KFC literally ran out of potatoes. Yes, it was uh, just happened recently. Um, I think it was last year. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. it Time caused flies. it does, <laughs> it caused quite the uproar because people are asking about you know why can't you just use Kenyan potatoes? Yes. And we've got plenty of them now. And it started off the conversation about how there's a standardization of food that a KFC in Lavington needs to taste like a KFC on. Langata Road. Yeah. A KFC on Langata Road has to taste like a KFC in Minnesota. Yes. And how is it that you're able to standardize the taste of food? Yeah, which um, is the chicken just and not the potatoes. It's how do you insane. do that? And of course that got us thinking about how global food systems work and the conversation kind of shifted and we realized that global food systems don't favor us. Mm-hmm. They're not there for our health. True. And they're not there for our sustenance. They're really there just to make a f- small group of people very 
a lot of money. Very rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, during the break, you talked about monoculture, and I want you to please tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, and maybe this is just something just to put out there to the consumers when you ask a question is, you know, how do they choose what they should be eating? Okay. I think one thing we have to do is to make a deliberate choice to buy from smallholder farmers. Yeah. Mm. Because what happens is, you know, with this, uh, you know, like monocultures, you know, whereby they're just growing hundreds and thousands of acres of wheat and maize and whatever else, canola, you know, they just make a few people rich. And remember, the people who are making the money are the seed companies and the ones who have the inputs, which are the chemicals. Mm. But you know, your smallholder farmer, organic farmer especially is working really hard to you know like create an ecosystem that's sustainable they're working very hard to make sure that you know they have soil i always say like one thing i'm going to make sure my kids inherit is good soil mm. so they can be able to grow food for many generations so smallholder farmers are making sure that for many years to come we'll have good food and a lot of food available for us so one way is that you know one way to make sure that you know the big boys don't keep you know killing us is to make sure that we buy food from smallholder farmers okay. buy local buy from organic small exactly. holding farmers and yeah. and people we trust exactly do farmers let people come and uh, look at their gardens most do okay so if mm. they do they've got nothing to hide yes okay i like that most do should should the big food companies continue the way they're doing completely unpoliced unmanaged where where do you see things going the only way we can fight them is to stop buying from them okay mm. just stop buying from them and start buying from local farmers because because as you say it's all politicized it's all about it money is. right so the yeah. governments won't stop because they get all the taxes and yeah. benefits Absolutely. and it's, it's we, a we had the conversation field. about gmo and and um, our government really 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 trying to push for genetically mm-hmm. modified foods mm. yeah. to become part of our 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 our, our lifestyle. Yeah. I have a question. We have heard the fact that it is now illegal mm-hmm. to share for smallholder farmers to share seeds. Yeah. Um, and this, of course, is legislation that has been passed by the big food companies. Yeah, of course. So, so they are actually waging war. Yeah. On these small fo- smallholder farmers that we say that we should be shopping for. Exactly. They're actually waging war on our own food sovereignty. They're trying to make a choice on what we should be eating. And I'm like, who comes out from nowhere and comes and tells you, you should eat this and not eat the other. Mm. So we actually have to be so strong as the consumers. And if all of us actually made the right decisions on what we're eating and be sovereign to choose our own food, then I think we'll be able to make it. Like, guys, you know, after this podcast, I want people to be coming to my shop and buying sorghum and millet, please. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a slow-moving product. And I'm like, guys, at some point, if you don't know how your maize is grown, we'll have to go back to eating sorghum and millet as as our cereal, so just at Ali. Yeah, and it's not like you can't find out how to cook these things on the internet. So much information out there. I I highly recommend you get on the Sylvia's Basket uh, broadcast list on WhatsApp. Because not only do they talk about the stock that they have every day, but creative ways of actually preparing those foods. I love that. I will definitely get on that. And Mm. you'll give us the details for that shortly. Before you do, I want to talk a little bit. We always do a meditation. I want to do a meditation today on mindful eating because it's exactly what you say. When we eat crisps, we eat mindlessly. When we eat food, we eat mindlessly. So a really good way of training your mind to be mindful is a raisin meditation. And the aim is to eat it mindfully, pay attention to everything you're doing moment by moment and appreciate the full experience of eating a raisin Uh, to our listeners you'll probably spend about 15 to 20 seconds on each of the following stages do not rush take your time but for now i'm going to go through it quite fast 
So you hold the raisin between your thumb and fingers, feel the texture and the weight of it in your hands. Take a moment to think about the journey the raisin has made to get to you. Where was it grown? Where was it dried? How was it transported to you? Now look at the raisin, the size, the shape, the color. Notice any markings on it. Imagine that this is the first raisin you have ever seen. Now rub the raisin between your fingers. Does it make any sound as you do this? Yes, you're listening to your raisin. Smell the raisin. Does it have a scent? What does it smell like? Does your body react in any way to the scent? Now put the raisin in your mouth. Don't chew, don't bite. Just notice how your tongue reacts to the raisin being put into your mouth. Allow the raisin to roll around your mouth. How does it feel? What is its texture? Yes, and now you can bite into the raisin. What sensations do you feel? What does it taste like? Take a moment as you chew it and then swallow the raisin. Allow it to go down your throat. What does that feel like? Can you sense it going down to your stomach? How many times do you have to swallow until the raisin's all gone? What's the aftertaste? So, this is what you do to mindfully eat a raisin. What did you feel before, during and after the raisin? Just to reflect on that. Did you have any thoughts about this and other food? How did your body react to it? What was it like remembering or thinking about where the food comes from? The raisin mm. meditation. That's wonderful. Nice. It's great, right? It's, oh, that's really good. it's a great thing to do with any foods and actually realize... Yeah, if you don't have a raisin, to me and Jugu, it's all right. To do what? They can use njugu. A jugu, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Except I actually listening to a raisin, you've got to do this when you get home. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's like really squishy. Oh, wow. It's wow. a really interesting exercise to do. It's one of my um, go-to mindfulness exercises wow. when teaching mindfulness. Nice. Because we use all our senses. True. Sense, smell, taste, mm -hmm. looking at it. So. Yeah. I wish we could do that. I mean, I couldn't sit there and listen to all my food, but <laughs> <laughs> but it just it just um, it just makes you aware. Mm -hmm. Sylvia, we always cast our guests away to a desert island, mm -hmm. and if there was one book we could uh, you could take away when we cast you away yeah. for a break, it sounds like you work very hard. <laughs> could oh, do yeah. with a break. What book would you take? So um, I'd go with a really old book. Um, it's a leadership book. Uh, it's called. Leadership Gold uh, by John C. Maxwell. Okay, mm. why? Um, you know, I read the book at the time when I was, uh, you know, planning to start a business and just knowing how to lead a team and work with different people. Right now, I'm leading a team of about 13 every wow. single day. Wow. You know, both on the farms and at the shop. And, you know, I learned so many, you know, like tips about, uh, um, like, leadership and how to recruit people and how to maintain your people there. And I remember, you know, like one of the chapters that was very interesting where he talked about, um, you know, like when you're doing leadership, you have to think about who you're employing and how you're working with them. And you're trying to make everyone into an eagle. And he's like, sometimes you actually have ducks mm. and you keep pushing ducks to become eagles. And if you keep pushing a duck to become an eagle, all you'll get is a quack. <laughs> so <laughs> I really love that. So oh, I was like I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so okay, it sounds like a good book. 
it is but it's an old book i don't know if you'll find it in the bookshelves but it was one of the books that really impacted me okay yeah. all right great and what song would you take um oh standing room only by tim mcgraw yes why because my friend sent it to me the other day and i really loved it like I think people just should listen to it. I don't want to talk about it. I think it's best just listen to okay, it we'll and have... you see why I chose it. Cool. We'll have a listen to it at the end of the show. And then your luxury item, nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a farmer and all, but I yeah, really love. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. I love making my nails. Though I do it in a very simple way, but I just love making my nails. Do you actually get your hands dirty when you're farming and stuff? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. you should see Sylvia in farmer mode. I do, I I've, do. I've I work like... dropping off stock. Yes. It's like a different person. <laughs> I'm so, I really want to visit your farm. Please really. do. Really, Amar and I will come. You're welcome. For sure. You're welcome. Okay, and brunch. Who would you invite uh, to your Sunday brunch? On your island. I think Deborah I'd be Lyon. with uh, Jordan Peterson. I'm so glad he's still alive. You know, at some point he was quite unwell. Oh, really? This is the Canadian psychologist. Exactly. Okay. You know, the thing about it, you know, you can think about everything you need in life. But I think one of the things that I think um, um, like resonates very well with me is uh, being able to have good relations, you know, with our fellow humans. And I think his psychology is quite eye opening in the way that we react to people and why we do things and how we behave and yeah. I, I haven't actually listened to him. He comes up on my feed on Instagram quite a lot, but because I didn't really know him. He's quite he's quite outspoken. He is. Very outspoken. Oh, okay. And you has know a tendency of generating controversy, but that's because of the people that listen to him to fit their own agenda. Okay. But I've never listened to an interview and not felt, oh man, that, that doesn't make sense. It actually does make sense what do he says. Do you like him also? I do. Okay, good. I do. He's I really do. good. Yeah. Okay, I'll definitely listen to him. Mm. I like people who make me think, even if they're not... Uh, aligned to my thoughts as long yeah. as they make me question thank you so much for being here we're so excited to have had you here absolutely thank you it was lovely i really enjoyed the conversation great what what advice before you give us because we all want to come to your shop and want to know where it is what advice would you give your 20 year old self you not i know you have three children but you don't look like you have three children <laughs> <laughs> it's the organic food yo. Yeah. <laughs> seriously it's man right diet. like there's not one mark on your face no wrinkles I've I've known. Oh, great! Like, <laughs> can, can I tell people how how long we've known yeah, each yeah. other? Yeah, yeah, sure. You can tell them. I can. Yes. I can tell them. Yeah, tell them. Uh, we took about twenty-four years. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we met at a fellowship for yeah. people who just finished their exams, exactly. their national exams. So you're in your forties. Yes, I am. Why you don't look? Early forties. <laughs> you do not look organic food, people. That's the way. Forget all these expensive creams you spend your money <laughs> on. So correct. So right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So advice so to your twenty. Yeah. So my twenty old self, please just stop pleasing people. Just do you. Just do you. I think at that age, I wanted to just make everybody happy, apart from myself. Mm. Then at about 35, 36 years old, I was like, what are you doing? Good for you. Mm. Yeah, just stop it. Stop pleasing people and just do you. Mm. I love it. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How can people reach mm. you? So we basically have our social media handles. Um, so you can be able to get us on um, Instagram, Sylvia's Basket, on uh, Facebook, Sylvia's Basket. And if you want us to have some good debates on Twitter, you can get me on Korea underscore Sylvia. Do you mm -hmm. debate about food and stuff? 
A little. Okay. Mm. Especially when the JMO thing came up, I was quite vocal. Ah, mm. I was like, yeah. no, we can't continue like this. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. And yeah. again, where's your shop one more time? So our shop um, is on Gitanga Road in Lovington in a shopping complex known as 1148 Gitanga Box Park. Okay. Yeah, it's the one that's right opposite the building with the quick mat. Okay. Right? No, no, not no, really, okay. but up ahead, but yeah, not up too ahead, far from not there. Too, yeah. yeah, you just go up ahead the road. But 1148 Gitanga Box Park. Okay. On and Kitanga Road in Lovington. Please, guys, come through. And I highly yeah. recommend, uh, please look look, look for them on social media. Send a DM. Ask how you can be put on the WhatsApp podcast list because, you know. Yeah, let me give you the WhatsApp number to be added to the broadcast list. So oh, it's 0738 You'll be added to the WhatsApp broadcast list. Amazing. I'm yeah. going to do that now. Please do. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank Mugambi, you so much. how can people get hold of you? You can find me on Instagram at It's Mugambi, ITS Mugambi. And I'm on at Just Zoom, and you'll see I'm going to follow Sylvia's basket. In fact, I did yesterday already. So <laughs> <laughs> to all our listeners, if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, please do seek professional help, whether that be a counselor or your doctor. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on bonga, www.bonga.or.ke. This is a safe space where you can start the healing process. It's been a fascinating discussion, has it not? Mugambi? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Thank you, Sylvia. Yeah, to play out Thank the show, you. Sylvia's final song choice, which is Standing Room Only by Tim McGraw. She promises us we're going to love it. You will. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And me, Mogambi Ntiga. We're grateful to all of you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay, stay happy, be, be mindful. mindful. Get so mad at things that don't matter Way too much I let the way back winds And my old friends Scatter like they were dust I get to chasing that rainbow pot of gold Riding through the pouring rain With nothing to show for it Standing there soaking with Looking up, shaking my fist As the thunder rolls now and then on nights like this I catch a thunderbolt I wanna live a life, live a life Like a dollar in the clock on the wall Don't only shine a light, shine a light Like mama's spot porch when I'm lost and lonely Stop forgiving and start forgetting Be somebody that's worth remembering Live a life so when I die There's standing room only, standing room Take my grudges and my old regrets And let them go I want to learn how to say a lot more yes And a lot less no Girl, I want to dance and shout And love out loud and come alive Don't want to be the guy too cool to laugh And too scared to cry I want to live a life, live a life Like a dollar in the clock on the wall Shine a light, shine a light Like mama's front porch when I'm lost and lonely Stop forgiving and start forgetting Be somebody that's worth remembering Live a life so when I die
Start forgetting. Be somebody that's worth remembering. 